Phil Common, bienvenue, konnichiwa. It's the Armist Inquisition, yet again, on Sunday the 15th, yeah, 15th, 15th of November, episode 159, oh. I'm Armish Phil. I'm Armish Ben. I'm Armish Matt. <laughs> Dwarf, the cripple, and the mother of madness. And uh, Well, it's a, bit, it's a bit different this week, we're doing a swap cast, aren't we? Because we've got Chaney and Jonathan here from Idiocalypse. How are we doing, chaps? Hello, hello. Hey, guys. Thanks for having us on, man. Thanks for being on at the yeah, same time. Yeah, it's weird, that, isn't it? It's weird. <laughs> yeah, you kind of threw me there. I wasn't expecting to... I usually, like, write a little little intro before we start recording. You can just breathe that one. Go ahead. Start. Yeah, that's right. No. No, it's yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm just bluffing it. I'm panicked. I don't know what to do. <laughs> that happens to me, too. Our friend Lindsay from Rogueways, who we talk to a lot, does those kind of, like... Great Carl Wood-esque intros for everybody, and we like it a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no rules, is there, when it comes yeah, to podcasting? Yeah, we can do the fuck you want. Can I say fuck? Is that one of the rules? Yeah. You did, well, you just did. Don't say can fuck say. or cunt. <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah, we can do it. <laughs> Not so, safe for kids. Well, um, the first thing we always like to start uh, the podcast up with is our change.org um, petition. If Jonathan wants to um, update you guys on that. Yeah, we're almost at 300,000. Um, what do you call them? Oh. Subscribers? It's not that. We have 300,000 people signed up. We're trying to get uh, Bill Gates in the position of president slash king of the new world order we want to <laughs> control of all the countries at once and he can do whatever he wants with us so i think if we get it up past 300 we're really gonna um get a lot of attention media attention and stuff and kind of we're trying up. to save lives like what we're just let's cut out the middleman of everything in between all the bureaucracy like let's just save it like put on your gray outfit and you'll be <laughs> safe and secure and everything's fine you guys you will be safe so we're just trying to save lives over here. We yeah. wish everybody else would get on board. When did you, <laughs> oh, yeah. when did you start that, that change.org? That's been about a month or two now that we've been doing that. Wow. I know. That's uh, yeah. pretty quick. Yeah. It's gone huge. So yeah, is, all your people, get over there. <laughs> is, there is there a thing, there's something, you know, in, in the UK, um, you can start a, some kind of petition with the government. And if you get 100,000 signatures, it's, it's debated in Parliament. Is there some sort of thing that kind of happens in America? A threshold. Yeah. No, we just burn buildings down and just something <laughs> to happen. Oh, yeah, I suppose that, that makes this sense. This is the craziest part of 2020. I feel like the entire American population is getting um, force-fed uh, American government, which has been something taken out of our schools in about 1995 that it started mm-hmm. gotten taken out where no one in high school learned anything about how our government works. So what's happening is the media isn't telling you. And so the people don't 
they're educating themselves through the black mirror media. But if they actually look up each of their states, each of their states has a constitution, our country has a constitution. So a lot of these mandates and these forced lockdowns and these things that people are fighting about in the streets, their states have no authority to do, their governors have no authority to do, their mayors have no authority to do. And it's all right there. And they're trying to call Trump Hitler. Um, But it's really like... Jonathan was saying before we went live, we're a republic. We're set up as 50 United States. So it's really important that each state have its own rules and its own thing. But the importance of the federal constitution is to make sure that each state's constitution keeps everybody's freedoms intact. So they're supposed to regulate trade between the states and defend against invading forces. That's all. Yeah, a lot of people, well, don't outside the US probably don't realise that it's not strictly speaking a democracy. It's a constitutional republic. And for people over our side of the pond it's you can think of it as a bit like the the uh, European Union. That the if you think of the European Union as the federal part of the United States and then exactly. each individual state, California, Alabama, wherever is like UK, France, Germany. So if you yeah. all of a sudden had the European Union trying to, you know, coming down and telling Ireland that you have to close your borders, shut down, lock everyone inside. Um, You'd expect a lot of uproar and a lot of kickback. Yeah, and we have guns too, so we can do something about it. (laughs) Some states, some Some states states are allowed to have them. Yeah, and California's France, if that's the model we're using. Okay. (laughs) Why is that? (laughs) Why is California France? Are they just uh, generally rude? France is always the butt of the joke in the United States because they always uh, like surrender every war, you know, like that's the art, what we say about them. We always have to go save their ass. Yeah. And um, we, we hate California just as much as a group. You know, we don't like those people. We, we would give them to China. We're okay with that. Even though the, the sixth largest economy in the world, we don't care. They can have it. Well, we were taught, we touched a bit on this about last week. Um, we Marek about the influence of China. Mm. And it's particularly, yeah. particularly in the media over there, isn't it? And yeah, sports, movie, also. movie industry, sports is a big one, isn't it? Yeah, in so, what way? mostly basketball. Yeah, tell us about well, about that, Jonathan. Well, well, nobody gives a shit in the world about football except for us, really. So I, that's not so much. But even that's kind of getting taken over. But basketball is big in China. Like the NBA makes a shitload uh, of fucking money over there. So. Uh, you can wear all this Black Lives Matter. You can put stuff on your jersey. You can kneel, but you can't say anything against China at the same time. You know, you can talk all the shit you want about the United States, the country you live in, but you can't about China because they'll pull their funding. Same thing with movies. You know, there's a huge market for movies over there. So all the movies pull out anything that's going to be like China, the bad guy. You know, that's why it's always terrorist people as the bad guys in the, in the movies or some kind of Latin American or maybe some Russians, but never Chinese bad guys. This is kind of like that everywhere. They got big money over here. I think we've got a Premier League footballer over here who's um, he's in trouble. He's been has been on the bench for all of whatever this oh, season yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, saying that. Yeah, yeah. Ozil, Yeah, saying that he he mentioned something about the plight of the Uyghur Muslims in yeah, China, and then um, all of a sudden he just got no game, no gameplay at all. Yeah, he's not yep. injured. He's so say, yeah, yeah. The, well this they're saying that he fell out but uh, yeah he did he did come out didn't he and he said something on like instagram or something against 
the state, the Chinese state or something. Cancelled. And, and I think um, looks like it. He kind of accused the club of not backing him up, kind of thing. Yeah, um, and, and they didn't because you know. But the other thing is, is I think I'm pretty sure that the Premier League, that's the the league over here for football, is um, China has just said uh, this state-run organisation or whatever was paying for the rights. It just said, oh, we don't want them anymore. And they've stopped paying recently. So it's all a bit sort of a mess, I think. Crazy, like in America, at least, we openly have known that China, they were like, we're allowed to have this many kids. And if it's not of this sex, we kill that baby, sell that baby, something happens to that baby, and we move on. And 20 years later, now we end up to this point that we hear very openly, China is a population with too many men. There aren't enough women around. And I keep saying, what a perfect population to sell robot sex to. <laughs> yep. It's all about transhumanism. <laughs> yeah, I think so The too. godless I think so. society. Yeah. I think um, they've taken slowly the power away. The more I'm learning about different spiritual passive people. I even think the spirituality of hair and growing hair and burning hair and these kind of things. And, China has some of the oldest architecture and the oldest spirit and the oldest unknown history that they don't know. We don't know. And their government sure isn't going to let them know it. They literally have patented the Dalai Lama. So how long have they had control of who we're seeing? We, we keep thinking these certain religious heads like the Dalai Lama is better than the Pope. Like, it's really just a hierarchy of human trafficking. Yeah, the Dalai Lama's hanging out with those Nexium people, the Keith Rainier guys. Really? And Mother Teresa. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell, I hadn't heard that. Because didn't, didn't she get sentenced recently, the, the Nexium? Oh, the, 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 the Teresa, guy. that'd be awesome. I oh, Didn't the guy get uh, yeah, sentenced Yeah, 120 recently? years. The, the Patsy Fuck. got 120 years. Not Thank the guy. Thank you. <laughs> Patsy. I think... That's Keith Rainier, we've talked about it. We think Keith Rainier was just a version of, uh, not Tim McVeigh, of um, Kaczynski, Ted Kaczynski, that went right for the elite. They were like, oh, this will be a perfect brainwashing technique. And then the way to sell it, they took the writer and director of What the Bleep Do We Know, uh, Mark Vincente, and they had him literally package Keith Rainier. And why we're watching the actor, Allison Mack, which is essentially the Martha Stewart of the whole stock market scandal. We watched the actor burn and the American public is satisfied of not knowing the real people. Allison Mack, we watch her burn. We have no idea of the real power behind the cult. That is, it's my argument that what the bleep do we know is the single biggest unplugging of God out of our generation. And so I think, isn't it interesting that he also created the Nexium cult guy and he's also in charge of making the HBO documentaries that everyone's going to learn it from and he's walking away scot-free as a victim. Interesting for the smartest dude ever. Wow. Yeah, he got tricked. <laughs> he got Nancy pelosi <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, really weird. So, I mean, it must hi be Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, I mean, it, was it a couple of years ago? I remember us talking about it when the story broke. Was it maybe 18 months, two years ago? Where they were mm, talking about ago, the, yeah. they were fucking branding people and all sorts. No, it's it, dude. What? Do you not remember this, yeah, Matt? Yeah, the, Nexium, the Nexium cult. 
So I was just about to say what we're talking about. Oh, fuck, you know. Talk about sex cults and then pedophiles. Oh, was it something to do with, was it, was there a girl, the woman from like a Superman TV show? Yes, Smallville. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And was he, was he like shagging them all or something? Like special (laughs) sex magic or something? Everybody was fucking everybody. Yeah, was it like that kind of... Branding people and trafficking children and child porn. And um, yeah, it was a pretty big deal. Like being in charge of the Mexican president's son. Um, Yeah, it was kind of like a honeypot. It was a Jeffrey Epstein type thing, you know, like they they worked just like the Jesuits off of, um, you know, getting everybody's confessional information. You go and you start, in order to get in, you give them all these secrets about yourself. You know, the worst things you've ever done and... As you're there, you do even worse things. And so you just start building up this folder, then they have you by the balls, you know, like an insurance policy. Now you have to act mm-hmm. this way or all this stuff comes out and you ruin your life. And it's, uh, I think, an ancient tradition yeah. of controlling people. Of religion. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's Catholicism, that, isn't it? If you think about yeah. sort of confession. It's exactly isn't what it is. The yeah. Jesuits were the ones that started just using that. They'd go into a town and get all the confessions and then just take over governments and schools and everything with it. Yeah. Do you, uh, yeah. And I think it says in the Bible, don't, to, don't confess your sins to anyone but me. Yeah. Isn't there something like that? Okay. Like where you should only confess to God of your stuff, or maybe it's, you should only, wrong. you only at, confess to another person and ask for forgiveness from, yeah, I don't know. I only read Dr. Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you guys would know. <laughs> Yeah. Don't do a lot of Bible stuff. I mean, yeah. I'm surrounded by Bibles. My grandfather was a preacher. I could see a Holy Bible, Holy Bible, book about Christianity, other Bible. But I've never read it. I tried. I started, got a little bit of Genesis, and then I started with all the begets, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I I get, this guy's like 8,000 years worth of begets. And I'm like, I'm out of here. Man. <laughs> I don't care what kind of, just tell me the good stuff. When does the fighting start? Yeah. yeah. Thing. I, I've never read it. Have you ever read it, Phil? Not all of it, no. I've, I've just uh, got the, the bits that I'm sort of looking for, really. Yeah, right. I do I do find Revelations. it... Revelations. <laughs> I do find it I incredibly I've read, interesting. I think I've read more of the apocryphal text than I have of the actual Bible. You know, like the Gospel of Thomas and Book of Enoch and, and stuff like that, Dead Sea Scrolls. I want to know about the stuff that wasn't allowed in, because I don't like, I don't trust the Christians, you know? I grew up around them. They're shady as fuck. Yeah, I've just finished a book about the Gnostics, actually. And it was sort yeah. of like a, a comparative religion study. And, and it was going into that that sort of uh, thinking, why why were these people put down? What were the motivations for the Catholic universal church? For, uh, a bit of truth, I think. Well, yeah, they were, they were, they were labelled as heretics. Mm-hmm. And, Same uh, reason we got rid of all the witches, because plants do have power. Well, you know? this sort of ties into. Have you have you heard about this new book um, that Graham Hancock's done the foreword for? Yeah, the immortality. The immortality key. I watched that interview with Trojan, Joe Trojan, <laughs> Trojan, Trojan, Joe Trojan. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's interesting because he, he he ties it all back to um, ancient Greece and the the mystery it's schools, Elysian, yeah, Elysian mystery schools. Yeah, they were all yeah, high I think as fuck. Was one of them. <laughs> Super high. And it lasted for like 2,000 years, that culture, the culture of Athens. And it was uh, centered around those psychedelic rituals. I was like, oh, maybe they work. Well, we don't know how long it goes back, you see. That's what intrigues me. 
you know, beyond the yeah. sort of historical veil. You know, these 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 sort of potions and elixirs could have been with us for ten thousand years. Well, they've existed for however long the Earth's been here. So it was just like, when did the first human pick up a mushroom and put it in its mouth? Yeah, there was an interesting theory from um, Terence McKenna, I think, wasn't there? Yeah, Yeah, that's my god, brother. The stoned ape. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, that to me was the most realistic story for the evolution of consciousness that I've ever heard from anybody, you know, besides aliens. You know, either either it's... uh, Anunnaki or the mushrooms, and I, I'm I lean towards mushrooms. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it wasn't it wasn't uh, Yahweh, but maybe maybe that too. Maybe the Mormons are right. Fucking knows, really. I don't know if this is my Lilith speaking, but I just thought it was a pluck of an apple. I don't, but you guys didn't. That <laughs> that's not part of your story. <laughs> we get demonized for it and have to have cramps for it. So <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. we might as well take some sort of like, well, that was ballsy. <laughs> yeah, thanks for dooming all of humanity, Cheney. <laughs> I know we might as well take some blame now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was the tree of knowledge, and the only fruit I know that you eat and get knowledge is mushrooms. You know, there's other things like ayahuasca but that ayahuasca is a whole complex process and and i mean it's not that hard to do but it takes days and lots and lots of work and you know pulling vines and smashing them to pieces and picking all the flower or picking all the leaves off of a certain plant that goes in the amazon and then brewing them and dumping the water and brewing it again and then mixing the two waters and then you get this really potent um hallucinogen but there's a toad in the desert that you pick up the toad and it squirts the stuff and if you <laughs> smoke that shit or what i think they did like the indigenous tribes they have these um sweat lodges they call themascals different names in different places even i think the siberians and stuff do it but you just make this like um cow skin or buffalo hide little dome thing out of sticks and then you make a big fire and you put the rocks inside the fire and get them like glowing red hot and then one by one you put the rocks inside the little sauna basically that you made and you dump like herbs over the the molten hot rocks and stuff and then you bathe in there and I think that's how they did the um, 5-MeO-DMT in a lot of the northern Mexican tribes is they would just go in a sweat lodge, get that thing rolling, and then just sprinkle this um, frog poison on it. And it's not even really poison. It's just um, super high concentration. There's other things in there, but it's almost all DMT, and it'll knock your socks off every single time. So I think anybody's <laughs> ever yeah. We we must have spent thousands of years just wandering around, putting stuff in our mouths, smoking shit, uh, you know, licking licking animals, yeah. all that. <laughs> What's this gonna do? Like the first guy to discover cow milk, like what the fuck was he up to? <laughs> exactly right. So when did we stop doing that? Because I, I don't. How long do you think it took him to swallow? <laughs> <laughs> There's no, there's no exploration anymore, is there? Kind of at that level, as far as I'm aware, we've well, we've I mean, stopped and gone. Well, here's here's some science, and here's some people who say that this is poisonous, so don't do it. And then we we stop doing everything. Well, I mean, people yeah, tell in me that mushrooms are poisonous. Don't do them, like psychedelic mushrooms. I was uh, came across a field of them in Mexico just along the stream where this guy had some cows and I was just like, holy shit, there was thousands and thousands of grams of them just on the ground. And I started picking them and some guy came by on his donkey and looked at me like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Don't take those. Those are crazy mushrooms. You'll go insane if you eat them. He was serious too. And he lives there. He lives around these, these amazing uh, religion building uh, 
plants. I guess they're not really plants, fungus, but he won't even look at them. You know, for him, they're the devil's fucking mushroom. And that's what they're told by the church and stuff. And they're really heavily Catholic. And that's what my aunt told me. He's like been a pothead hippie your whole life. He's like, the reason that you trip is because of the, the venom or the poison inside of it that fucks your brain up. It's like a neurotoxin. And I was like, I don't think so. I think the fluoride is probably worse for you than anything in those mushrooms. Well, it's funny. It's, it's only a sort of a recent development that these things have been outlawed and, and, uh, banned and, uh, what have you. Not, mm. Well, it used to be a cultural thing, you know, like, um, in the United States, especially there's not a big culture of like wild mushroom harvesting. It's different in Europe and like Russians are all about it. Mexicans do it a lot. Because there's, you know, the chanterelles and all these really expensive, amazing foods just growing in, in forest all around us. But American people in general are just uh, afraid of them. You can put well, a yeah. lot of that down to probably William Randolph Hearst, can't you? Why? I don't know. That reefer reefer maf- madness. And, oh, yeah. Uh, Fuck that guy. Yeah. That was guy. It a lot of, so, so in the 60s as well, there was a lot of research, wasn't there, that's kind of restarted recently around sort of depression and LSD and psychedelics and stuff. And, and it's supposed to be really beneficial for those things. But um, I see something coming to mind about sort of like Nixon and trying to like put people down and like create like this first war on drugs and things like that. Pharmaceutical lot, companies. Yeah, a lot of things were made illegal in the 60s or ding, something. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. I mean, hemp went out because of the paper industry, I believe is what it was at the time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah I've heard that story, yeah. Alcohol prohibition was because alcohol could be used as a fuel for vehicles, not for any other reason. The Rockefellers <laughs> paid for those fucking uh, church ladies to start their movement, like bankrolled the whole thing because he wanted alcohol outlawed because people could be growing sugar beets and making fucking biodiesel. As far as psychedelics, you could you could probably tie that to the civil rights movement in the 60s. Maybe well, I think that, counterculture, like, like was it, maybe? Yeah, the research he was talking about. I mean, I think that whole movement was CIA orchestrated, but the um, the Gordon Wasson did like released a book. I don't remember the names. Um, it's, it's kind of a dry read, but it was in like the 50, 1950 or something, I think, when it came out. And it was all about the mushrooms and how he thought that they were the origin of Christmas and all these other religions and things. And he, he pointed to the Amanita Muscaria, but he went to... Um, Oaxaca, Mexico, and met with Maria Sabina. And I think they did the mushrooms there. I can't remember if he just brought them back, but he brought them back. And then that's where Timothy Leary found out about it. He went down there, got the mushrooms, brought them back to the Harvard experiments. And so it was really Mexican mushrooms that started that whole uh, revolution. And then when it started getting away from them, I think they uh, not only illegalized everything, they, they did psyops like the Marilyn, uh, not Marilyn Manson, I don't do that every time, <laughs> Charles Manson and stuff like that. The, whatever happened in the park in San Francisco with the Rolling Stones and the, and the Hells Angels. I just can't, I have I, the beautiful people, the beautiful people. <laughs> I like, it's, it'll sit in my head for like the next, I have to get some Marilyn Manson. <laughs> yeah. So that's why, I mean, I think that that's a very obvious thing is that they make you uncontrollable. Like the LSD was yeah. the one that was used. And LSD was made by Sandoz in, in a laboratory. It's a pharmaceutical company. And we, we all know that those guys have our best interests at heart. But um, <laughs> yeah, and then they had people like the Grateful Dead and they just would go from town to town and they would just stop and rent a hotel or whatever, rent a house and 
you could get all the precursor chemicals to make LSD for like $30 and you can make a fucking bathtub full of LSD and you get, you know, uh, 50 cent hits of LSD. Uh, but yeah, I think that that's dangerous. I think psychedelics are super powerful when they open you up to things that um, you maybe are not aware of and don't have any power to control. And so I always lean to Terrence McKenna's advice and just to stick with stuff that has a long um, lineage, you know, like a native tradition of shamanic use or some kind of structure behind it and, and people trained and how to do it. And yeah, that's where I'm at with it. Let's stick with the plants guys. We've got a lot of great ones. Yeah. That's uh, similar to the ayahuasca thing, isn't it? It's not just sort of turning up and drinking this potion. It's a whole ceremony and it's about the set, the setting and, and how you do it. And- ritual. I think ritual is a lot more important in everything. Uh, even rolling a cigarette, rolling a joint, doing that. I People don't see any danger with the cartridges slowly coming into their normal life. But I think those cartridges all of a sudden like bottled water or like LSD different than mushrooms, they can fill it with anything they want. You don't know where it comes from anymore. And you're also taking out this important ritual that you would do. However, you took your plant off the thing and dried it and trimmed it and loved it and uh, broke it up into your rolling paper and licked it and smoked it. Like there's an alchemy to it that we don't understand because it's slowly been hidden from us. But I think there's all these tiny little important parts of these rituals and how much you love and your intention goes into those things. Like, did cigarettes cause cancer or did the filters and the lack of intention cause the cancer? Because you know some old guy that's leathery as F somewhere where you live, his skin's Drinking like Drinking bourbon 40. and smoking cigarettes he, still. He's yeah, like he's like 90. Not, you don't even know his age. And if you ask him, he's like, I don't know. He'll ask his wife how old he is. <laughs> like, he really doesn't know. But she's he still rolls too. a cigarette. Yeah, yeah, she's like, roll me one, asshole. <laughs> How much How much of the cancer in cigarettes is caused by the, the fucking chemicals they put in it? You know, if it was just pure tobacco, dried tobacco. Tobacco and water is all you need. Yeah, would it still be an issue? I don't know. I don't think so. Well, I mean, yeah, I think me- it's a big fun psyop that the doctors, nine out of ten of them, used to love Paul Mall. And now it's a it, cigarettes are the Lee Harvey Oswald of cancer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I trust cigarettes more than I trust doctors. They're probably involved somewhere, but it's probably a lot less than like Monsanto, Johnson and Johnson, the powder you've been rubbing on your baby since it was literally out of the womb. So there's probably a lot of other big, huge families that control things that are bigger than a local tobacco farmer making cigarettes. By the way, there's been asbestos in this product for 30 years. Oops. Yeah, I was just going to say, Cheney, what is that? The The baby powder story. Uh, talcum baby powder, uh, allegedly, I don't even want to say allegedly, and I don't know the company, but I think it's one that had a J and J in the name. And there was, uh, I think it was their powder that went around for like 60 years in America and caused cancer everywhere. But we do that. They, they'll pass a lawsuit where they're like, okay, Teflon, we know you cause cancer. And Teflon's like, we couldn't afford if you would put us out of business. We're too big to fail. And they're like, okay, you have 50 years to get your product off the market. (laughs) (laughs) And in that time, 99% of the planet has this chemical in them that's cancer causing. I don't know. Everything causes cancer and it's not just the cigarettes. 
but no, they, the the cigarettes, the you meet the coolest people when you're stepping out outside in the place you're not supposed to go smoke. And there's the one other person. And all of a sudden you have this connection in eight minutes that nobody in, uh, inside will ever understand. It's like the coolest. I haven't smoked in a long time, but a couple of people I've been talking about smoking that I was like, uh, gosh, smokers are always so much cooler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, not, uh, I've never met anyone cool putting talcum powder on. <laughs> it's new conspiracy smoking saves your pineal gland <laughs> i felt that right away because anytime there's a big global movement around anything and like smoking went by the wayside really quickly you know and all over the world almost all at once within 10 years it was okay and then all the smoking sections gone i got something in my beard this entire time and i can't get it because the mirror is like stuck in there um that it just happened everywhere. It happened in Mexico too. It was really weird. It usually takes Mexico like 15 years to to catch up on the on the globalist agendas. But um, yeah, smoking was just like all of a sudden everybody needs to quit smoking. We're jacking the prices up. We're putting all these horrible pictures on the boxes and yeah, um, yeah just in just in time for um, all these new RNA vaccines. Maybe that interacts the nicotine because nicotine is wonderful. You use it to deworm cows and sheep and stuff like that like it kills parasites and it can um be used with traumatic brain injury and alzheimer's yeah does a lot of things so it's probably good and that's why usually when they make things illegal it's because there's something good about it and for a long time it's been used by native cultures as as a communication thing you've heard of the the peace pipes and stuff like that that you would smoke when you're making meeting a new tribe because it something about the chemical or or about the plant i should say not the chemical because it's always the, the synthesis of the whole thing which is why I don't like to break them down. But um, something about that opens up channels of communication. But there were some tribes which make me lean towards the fact that maybe it is also inherently dangerous to have like a daily or hourly, in my case, relationship. When I'm doing podcasts, like every 15 minutes, I light one. But um, yeah, chain smoke. But it, you would, like some of the tribes, if you got caught using tobacco outside of ceremony, they'd chop your feet off. Why? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so that's just crazy or that's to do maybe? with is that because of that the reverence they have for it i don't know I, maybe there is the danger there. that's like what i'm saying maybe they did that because they knew that there was this addictive part of it that they didn't yeah some kind of wow. health issues or maybe it was just for that sacred purpose you know and they yeah. weren't supposed to use it for anything too bad we killed all those people it's hard to find out have you had I... the... sorry I was just going to say with your guys' podcast, one of the things that I love (laughs) is the three words that you put in the title and you don't know, like they don't make sense together. But when you listen to the show overall, it totally makes sense. And it's almost like a a crossword or something to find the words. And I don't even remember what the title was until I'm listening to the show again. And then I'm like, Oh shit. <laughs> like, you know, I, I don't, I enjoy it. And I, your last guest on your show said something that I'm like, Oh, that's true for all my favorite podcasts is they're telling you real heavy shit, but I love stand up comedy in that same way. They're telling you really heavy shit, but you're laughing about it. And that's kind of how your brain ingests it the best of it hurts sometimes to laugh at, but the, the realest shit in the world are racism, sexism, uh, horribly enough, like human trafficking. We have to joke about it in this way because no one wants to hear it. 
yeah, humor's the vector for the for the information, isn't it? Really, in, the, in that sense. Yeah, George Carlin really was the, was the master when it came yeah. to to making you laugh and telling jokes, but getting a proper serious message across. That's uh, Bill Hicks as well. Yeah, Bill Hicks as well. Yeah, he was really good at it, man. I, and his stuff's still good. I can go back and watch Bill Hicks live right Absolutely. now and laugh and laugh and laugh. Yeah, same on Infowars. Yeah, Just same kidding. with Alex Jones. No, you know that, <laughs> that conspiracy where people are like, Bill Hicks is Alex Jones, and I'm like, Alex Jones wishes. Yeah. <laughs> they probably took Bill Hicks out and gave Alex Jones the rest of that personality and is the ne- next version of his clone. <laughs> <laughs> You've done your job, Bill. You're out of here. You're going the way of Bob Marley and Jimi Hendrix. And, who is it? Jimi Hendrix became... We, we love conspiracies. We have conspiracies about it. Conspiracies and... Um, one of them is the clones and people being like actors dying and being put into other roles, you know, like they'll just kill them at a global time. And it's almost always anytime an actor dies is like some numerologically significant day or something like that. And then um, I think Jimi Hendrix became, who's, who's the guy, the voice of God, Morgan Freeman. Yeah. He's kind of <laughs> <laughs> and you look at him, you're like, you take the crazy hair off Jimi Hendrix, you add a couple of those little black dots on his face, and uh, it's him. <laughs> Maybe change the nose a little bit. I could have to do that now. <laughs> just imagine right. some CCTV footage coming of Morgan Freeman just wailing on a Stratocaster <laughs> and getting released onto YouTube. <laughs> Fucking hell, it's Hendrix. I knew it. <laughs> Called that Shank Redemption. Isn't I'm he pretty, in that movie, Shawshank? Yes. I'm pretty sure Morgan Freeman plays guitar. I'm pretty sure he's in, in, a, in a blues band or something. Hmm. I'm sure I've seen some kind of documentary with him playing guitar. I might be the making evidence, it up. The evidence builds. I know. Some vague <laughs> recollection in my mind. Therefore, so it's true. That Just pulled that out of the mind palace. Yeah, it was just near the sofa in the back room. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Our other our other British friend, um, Tartaria Bell, she uh, she is a completely convinced that George Bush is Charles Manson. <laughs> <laughs> They're the same person. George <laughs> Bush Jr. Yeah, like he's the one that played Charles Manson, like in all, all the prison videos and all the stuff we've seen. She she is like 100% sure that it's George Bush uh, Jr. Who was the person in prison then? It was him just playing a role. They tapped oh, right, his okay. swastika on his face and did the makeup, stuff oh. like that, just like any other actor. <laughs> okay. Because cool. if you notice anyone that they want us to pay attention to, they make a character of themselves. Like anyone in the media. So like I, this is totally, I think it's, you could make an Elvis argument or Michael Jackson argument or Janis Joplin argument. All these people that people dress up as as Halloween all those people are the easiest to fake their death because if you slowly made yourself become a character of you, it's easy to take off sideburns. You have regularly gray curly hair. No one's seen it in 20 years because you've been dying in black. Mm-hmm. Um, or for Michael, everybody's like, look at he's wearing a face mask. I think he just was had coronavirus, but that's neither here nor there. Um, he, he always had a Michael mask Jackson. on and everyone was like, look at his nose, look at his nose, look at his nose. But look what we, they if truth is in plain sight, Mrs. Doubtfire and Mission Impossible. Look at the makeup that they just, (laughs) you know? So it's like if you become a character of yourself, it's easier to fake your death. If you're just kind of you and everyone knows what you look like and there's nothing really extravagant about you going on, it's the extravagance that once the extravagance is gone, you just walk away in the crowd. 
because the only way everyone's memory of you is like in your big white suit with glitter and your sunburns. But that is not a real person. That's just as it's kind of in the same vein of like a Donald Trump. You become so much of a character. No one knows who's really behind the mask. Yeah, you take off the orange paint. What does he really look like? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hillary Clinton. No. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be like, you got me. Take me to the camps. Good job. Well done. The one movie I didn't predict. There's a black helicopter coming for you. Holy shit. It's so weird. I watched Black Hawk Down for the first time today. That's how I woke up this morning. Uh, I was asleep on the couch in Black Hawk Down. <laughs> like guys were dropping out of a helicopter. <laughs> or just yeah. a DVD on repeat over and over again as you slept. No, I don't even know how it got there. I don't even know what channel. Like maybe my YouTube fell exist. off and then the background, whatever the like stars network was playing something else that yeah. somebody has their DVDs. You mentioned uh, Trump there. What what is going on? Because like our perspective over here is like, I think probably a mile, a million miles away from what's actually happening. It just looks what's like your perspective. Cha- it just looks like chaos. It looks like well, our media, our media, sort of universally vilifies him, even though our media too. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, but Everybody I mean, it's like we're, we're hearing one day we're hearing that. Biden's president elect, and the next day we're hearing they're still counting votes. And I'm president elect, Jonathan. We just don't understand what's going on. Yeah, hail um, Jonathan. I'm president elect, Jonathan. If we all say it, then we can just all be president elects. We just say that I'm a president elect. <laughs> um, it's really weird. Uh, it seems like the the entire vote was stolen, and I'm a hundred percent sure that Trump is either the reincarnation of Christ or the antichrist. Like he's either the savior or the, 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 the great beast here to usher in. There, Jonathan. <laughs> I'm right there. I, I go some days it goes either way, but um, it, it's, and that's where I'm like, it's no hedged bet. You guys just lean in, <laughs> just I, lean in. <laughs> um, it seems very obvious to me that all like they gave Biden millions upon millions of votes and they threw away Trump votes. And there's no way that Joe sleepy, creepy Joe Biden got more votes than a Barack Obama or the sitting president. And he couldn't, you know, he couldn't fill the parking lot of the dealership he would use for his rally. Bernie Sanders and Lady Gaga with him. Yeah. He if, if still Biden couldn't there, pull a hundred people. Yeah. And Trump can pull a hundred people like taking a shit at Applebee's when he pulls over or something like a hundred people will just the garden center. wherever he stops, wherever he stops, there will like people will come from other States. He can give them an hour notice. And the way they did it, I, in my belief, I think the assassination attempts of on him are so real that the only way he could hold rallies was to hold them in airports and hold them very quick with no notice. Yeah, high security and exactly. no way to get a sniper in position. Uh, we really feel like Trump um, is a good guy. And just like there's, you know, we all know there's secret societies and um, the word conspiracy means two people in secret making a plan and then doing it and not telling anybody else. 
So we all know that that happens all the time. And I know that there's a lot of really good people in the world, you know, I mean, Cheney's good. I'm pretty cool. A lot. Like my, I like my family a lot. You know, I've got some good friends and most of the people that I meet are really great. So if there's like these huge, powerful organizations like the Jesuits or like the Freemasons or uh, Bilderberg, Stavos, like we can go on and on Skull and on. And Bones, Rockefellers, um, all the names they let us know about. Soros. <laughs> Illuminati. Uh, Illuminati with Cardi B. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so there's got to be good guys too doing the same shit, right? That's where I'm at with it. The unsecret societies. Yeah. Or maybe that's just us. Maybe that's us. We're the good Illuminati. Or if it's all really for not, then um, all the coolest people that scream the loudest will all be at the internment camps together. So the bir- first, yeah, like we'll all be there together. So it'll at least be fun. And it'll be with a whole bunch of people that are like, you guys, we fought this long. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's almost like the perfect group to um, be like, we won't be able to travel. We won't be able to get on an airplane. We won't be able to um, go to the grocery store. But thank goodness, they're also all the people that also have weapons, also have farms, also have um, free thinking. Are you willing know, to die for what they believe. Know how to make a fire. Yeah, skin a deer. With their bare hands. So it it's something that I've come to the realization of in my life is that America is not a country. It is a spirit and it's not a spirit with a name. It's just a spirit with freedom. You're born with freedom. And unfortunately, other strong people that are willing to die or willing to kill protect the freedom of good people and, and everybody else and everybody else. And so I think it's a spirit that if it were to, if, if the light were to be extinguished on the planet, I don't know if it would ever come back. And I think the, Biggest part with freedom that everybody thinks they have when we're all getting taken over by these oligarchs and these corporations is um, it also takes bravery to save the meek. And I'm also realizing you don't have to be both those people or maybe you are both those people, but not necessarily at the same time. And so you don't have to be hard on yourself when you're choosing to be meek. And you also just have to learn how to ride it when you feel this energy shoot through you of like, I have to fucking stand up right now. Like, I think that's the spirit. And I don't know what it means, but I think if there's demons and all this bad stuff they tell us about in the world, there has to be these spirits that are trying to align us with our purpose. And I don't think we can figure out what that purpose is unless we have freedom, whatever that means to whatever place you live. And that is what a patriot and the word patriot represents to me. So I think that spirit of patriotism for wherever country you're in, it's an ideals. It's a, you're protecting something. And so I think there has to be something worth protecting going on that's bigger than a face mask and us standing six, six, six feet apart and us um, doing these bend of knee rituals and us tearing down each other for the tiniest words. And we're not allowed to say other words and we can't use hand these hand symbols. And every day there's a new hand symbol. And we're also not allowed to talk about pedophilia on the internet without totally getting taken down. And that is a really strange fucking thing. Whether you hate Q, hate Trump, hate... You can be pro-pedophile on the... Yeah, it's really... Everybody that's getting taken down is talking about one thing. And 
why is that the one thing that's being called pro Trump? It's so that. fucking weird. With the QAnon, they, like they literally wiped out anybody that posted Q hashtags on a regular basis. This, and the, the people that were um, influential in the QAnon movement got all their accounts wiped out and like Gmail deleted and like real shit. And then um, a week after the election, they're like, the Q people are really silent ever since uh, the president elect Biden won the election. You haven't heard a lot from the Q people. It's like, no shit. You just spent a month purging every last one of them off the internet. Of course they shut the fuck up. They're not there anymore. They're gone now. Yeah. People like my Maria seven, seven, seven's name right now is Jonathan's Maria seven, 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 seven. Like she's changing her. If, if it's somebody you have to follow almost for the humor of how quickly they ban her and how quickly she comes back with more info and more. <laughs> and it's always around my Maria seven, 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 your Maria, my Maria with two A's. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, it's pretty, yeah, the role silence. The role that big tech is playing in our lives, I think a lot of people are sleeping on. And regarding the election, there was some research that came out a few days ago by, um, I think he's called Robert Epstein. It's an Epstein. I think it's called Robert Epstein. That's an an unfortunate name. Yeah, and he he conducted this experiment, basically. He's been sort of investigating the, the role between big tech and elections for years now, a handful of years. And he, recru- yeah. he recruited something like 1,500 people. I'm probably going to get this probably a bit wrong. Is it Robert Maxwell Epstein by any chance? <laughs> no, <it's not>. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think there were like 700 Republicans, 700 Democrats. And in the weeks leading up to the election, Google put something on its homepage saying, remember to go out and vote. And it turned out that when he got his reporting from his the people can, um, taking part in his experiment that it was only the 700 Democrats that got this messaging on the Google homepage. Yeah. It wasn't the Republicans. Uh-huh. And this, the Google homepage is, is visited, viewed 550 million times a day. And it wasn't, that's just the first part that I heard about, but there's, there's more, there's more than that going on. But wait, there's more. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, Think about it, the, especially the people in lockdown. They have you separated from almost everybody except for your immediate family. And uh, they know all the devices in your house. So they can literally feed you a narrative designed specifically for you by an algorithm in order to make you fight with your wife or uh, go buy a new car or whatever it is they're getting paid for or doing or like whatever narrative they're trying to push. They can isolate people like Facebook. I don't remember the country, but it was a. Uh, country with a huge Buddhist population and a huge Muslim population, I think. I don't remember what it was exactly. But Facebook got like all of the, it was a Buddhist army, like the army of Buddhists. I thought that was like oxymoronic, but these <laughs> like fucking Buddhists were going around murdering, genociding people. And um, it was all through Facebook, like these groups and stuff in Facebook that um, they knew it was going on and allowed it to happen, maybe even like orchestrated it. But the amount of power that they have to control everybody's mind, I mean, YouTube, Google, Facebook, Twitter is uh, a huge part, like, I don't know, 90% of the information, like the modern information, like the news gets its news from fucking Twitter. You know what I mean? So um, that's all of it. They, that's, they own that. They own what we know. And they can, and they're all on the same team. It's a very precarious situation to be in. 
And it's yeah. an experiment that's been run live, that's never been done before, and we're not going to figure out what the consequences are until it's too late. These are the consequences. You're locked in your house. That's a consequence. <laughs> yeah. We're all having a bend and knee ritual. We're all having a fire ritual in our country. We're all having these same, like, weird uh, society pokes, like weird turn-ups. Like, everyone remembers 9-11, and everyone's focal point on this time and every country had their own terrorist event on these other ritualistic days of these focal points, the nine nines, the seven, seven, seven. And yes. And everybody had, was seven, seven, the Ariana Grande one. No, or was that, that was nine, nine, London, London was seven, seven, which is so huge. When you think of how much these pop stars for real, they're always happen to be involved in these huge things somehow to really push the ritual and think of this lockdown. The very first one, they all came out singing John Lennon's imagine. And then oh. the second thing they did is they all came out and they all, um, told us, uh, I, like, uh, I don't consent to the racism and the jokes that are said around me. And they all were in the same black and white monotone, like ritualistic, like I am confessing my sins of all this garbage. And then the next one they came out with, they were all naked telling us to vote. I'm like, what is up with this creep, like reel of black and white videos, but the push of your favorite celebrities like Beyonce, uh, Tom Hanks, Gaga, uh, you know, all these same people that no matter where you pick a conspiratorial thread, no matter where you dive in the rabbit hole, the warren of people that everybody's been calling a satanic pedophile literally are all the same people trying to push the most corrupt politicians in all of our country into place on the smallest scale from the DAs to the judges to the, anytime you see these boosts happen for any of these key politicians, it doesn't have to be all of them. It just has to be certain keystones that you have to pull to make an entire foundation crumble. So, and that's what they're doing for voting. That's how they're gerrymandering all of us and making everything squeeze into these boxes. So I just think we have been manipulated for so much longer than we think everything from every black mirror and every, the danger, most dangerous part is everybody thinks they're smarter than the brainwashing everybody, including all five of us. But what we don't realize is every single thing we think, every single sexual thought we have, every single like we have, every interest in sports, every, uh, bad way that we think about anyone that's different than us. Everything has been socially manipulated on us since we were children. And it's been by the educational system set up. So I don't think it's that the Simpsons are predictive programming. I think it's all has come to this point because this was supposed to be the point that we were killing each other. I think this was supposed to be the point that maybe that whatever was in the Beirut warehouse shot into somewhere else and whatever Soleimani was supposed to shoot off went somewhere and whatever North Korea was supposed to shoot off went somewhere. But there's a very specific reason none of those things happened. And there's only one orange dude that floated around making sure those things didn't happen. So I don't think it was him. I think there's military working and all over our countries around the world. And I don't think this is QA non shit. It just makes logical sense to me. I see the society we live in. We live in a reality society. It, they tried with Kanye, Kim Kardashian, whatever reality star we would have 
gripped onto, they would have sold us whatever they could. They have. We would literally we would shoot ourselves up with ever whatever vaccine if it came from Tom Hanks's plasma. That is the world we're living in right now. And so I think in the world we live in, you take the biggest reality star that you built as the biggest reality star since the 80s. You made him Paris Hilton before there was such thing as Paris Hilton. You made him reality TV. He was the first person that would go on any talk show, Howard Stern, Jay Leno, Johnny Carson, and literally was just there because he was rich and famous. <laughs> they built Trump. They put his name on every building. We don't know what he owns. They put his name on every stake. They put his, it's like, he's the perfect psyop. He's never drank. He never hangs out at his parties. He didn't raise his kids in the New York socialite scene. There's very specific things he's done that I have looked up everything. I'm sure you guys have too. I'm sure you've been up late at night. Like, is the earth fucking flat, man? What is up? I'm sure even if, even if you're a space lover, you're like, holy shit. But no one can find anything on this dude. The pussy tape is the worst thing that we're riding on still when I will tell you, I grab people by the pussy once a week. I'm going to be, I'm outing myself right now once a week. And everyone's like, how do you grab someone by the pussy? I'm a softball player. You just mid it. You just mid it. (laughs) All softball players know about grabbing pussy. I wonder how you do it from six feet away. <laughs> That's why we're six feet away. They don't want anybody grabbing pussies. They don't want anyone grabbing pussies. What about if that was the key to all of this? <laughs> don't go out and grabbing, grab pussies. You guys, it's for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> so, so what's the solution, guys? How do we make How do we make things better? Um, well, I farm and I grow my own uh, animals. I learn how to graft trees and um, how to build things, you know, build fences, build houses, build stuff like that. I think that uh, we're in this position because of comfort and we've allowed ourselves to give away all of the, our sovereignty for having, you know, an easy meal or a comfortable house or a good job or a social standing. And um, for all of these things, we've given away our, our ability to take care of ourselves. But, you know, like the great depression that happened in the United States, and I think it was worldwide kind of in its own ways, everybody's had their own things. But um, that was like, it was survived by most people because not only did they make good money and everybody had savings, but they all knew how to do shit. You know, our grandmas knew how to do shit. You know, they knew how to fix things and you could fix the things because they were built simply. And I think that uh, we've, we've let these corporations just take over every single aspect of our lives and we're paying for it now. So I think we all have to start taking over the things that we need. And it's very basic things, you know, we need community and we need food and we need housing, shelter, clothes, and we want other things, you know, we want technology and this, these, these higher order things, you know, I like the internet. I don't want to go to an agrarian society. I don't want to become Amish. Um, but I think that we have lost almost everything in, in, in this process of, of becoming more comfortable. And I think we just need to, you know, get uncomfortable and it's a lot of fun, you know, it's so much fun. Like when you start building a house out of super Adobe or natural materials, clay and stuff you realize that that's in your genetic memory it's been there for you know we've done that the whole time we just pick up sticks and mud and rocks and stuff and start putting it together and live inside of it and you realize that you just know how to do it it takes like two hours and then you know how to build a fucking house and with modern construction it's not like that it's all this engineering and we have um 
all these engineers and stuff to build all these roads that fall apart in 10 years. And but meanwhile, <laughs> the shit they're building in the jungle in Mexico, the Mayans, it's still there a thousand years later. It's still laser straight. You can still drive on it. We, and- we've still got Roman roads over here. <laughs> Exactly. They didn't, they didn't have, I mean, they were engineers, but there was also just basically farmers and stuff, people that knew how to do shit, um, doing stuff right, doing it the right way. Like we talk a lot about Tartaria. That's one of my favorite things since like this whole empire that was wiped from the history books, not, not like Atlantis, like it lasted till 1850 and got wiped off the history books. And, um, if you look at the stuff that they say that they built, like it's the old Gothic cathedrals and these organs and, and the star forts and the way cities used to be designed and the stuff that's happening in Egypt and Pumapunku and, and um, where is that Peru? You know, the ink, the, the pre Incan civilizations, they were so much better at everything than us, you know, and it's because they knew how to do shit. They were doing shit for themselves. They weren't letting a government control everything. Everybody was the highest expression of themselves. You know, everybody was following their dreams and doing what they're passionate about. Cause I think when you like do that, societal you're, flow you're state. Good at it. Yeah, everybody exactly. was in a flow state and it made like snowflake shapes out of their cities, depending on what the vibe was there. And everyone was a little different, but if you look at all these cities from far away, they're just all really beautiful. But for some reason, um, I, this is where the United States has been garbage of not paying attention to what's been going on with their country. They've let their might that could have been used for so much good go and destroy all of the greatest history left in all the middle east and all these places yeah these cradles <laughs> of civilization we've just allowed and if we destroy it by war and we all see it on tv they don't have to answer any more questions about it they have just sold us a narrative which is literally what they did to all of us as children they were like here shock and all prime time it's like 9-11, then shock and all. Think of that trauma on children. In the United States, we watched, they did this bombing raid of, of Iraq called shock and all. I don't know if it was worldwide, but like they showed all those huge blasts and like the artillery fire and the bullets flying and like the city, which is the Sumerian Empire. You know, it's one of the oldest civilizations that we know about on the earth. And they were literally carpet bombing and they've done the same thing to Laos, which has all these amazing stupas and things. And they were dropping their extra bombs on Laos so that they would save gas flying home. Like there wasn't even any enemy there. They just like let go of their extra cargo and were bombing um, thousand year old pyramids in Laos for no reason. It's funny you mentioned that because it was just announced today that um, uh, Stonehenge, they're going to build a tunnel underneath Stonehenge now. Yeah, because there's something already underneath there, I bet you anything. (laughs) Well, yeah, people are up in arms about it, historians and archaeologists and stuff. It's like, this is probably the most sacred site in our country. Don't build a fucking tunnel under it, you dicks. Yeah. Just leave it alone. They're building this thing in the Yucatan Peninsula called the Train Maya, and it's going the. 98% 98% of the Mayan civilization still buried in the jungle. Like if you go to Palenque mm-hmm. or, or Chichen Itza or any of these places and you, you like, there's one, like three pyramids, they, they cut the grass around and they keep the jungle away and it's all nice and you can walk around, but then you just step over the little rope and walk into the jungle 10 feet. And there's another pyramid and another one and another one and another one. And with LIDAR and stuff, they're finding like 60,000 people cities and buried in the jungles in Guatemala and things like that. And they're, they're trying to build the train through the Yucatan. And in the LIDAR studies that they did, just following the train route, they found 50,000 separate buildings, archaeological sites that are going to be destroyed by the train going through there, by building a train there. Fucking hell. It's crazy, man. 
Oh my god. I don't wanna It's just a downer, isn't it? Fucking why yeah. can't we why can't we have some respect for our fucking our shared you know, it's not just you know, your heritage, Amer- your Mexican heritage is humanity's heritage. It's our yeah. it's shared history, this. You know, it should yeah, be preserved. So. The but Easter Island one, heads. We I thought they were heads I, our whole lives. Yeah. Whole <laughs> <laughs> body underground. I, I believe that this is where I would have to give some kind of that we're not on a globe credence. This is the number one thing. In my lifetime, I've watched them reserve diamonds and convince us that they're valuable. And in my lifetime, I've watched them reserve oil and convince us that it's valuable. And any of the things that they reserve, we also fight over. I've watched them reserve religion and faith and all these things. And the number one thing that no one's talking about is they're reserving land from us. They're reserving and maybe an infinite amount of land. Wouldn't it be able to control people if you could corral them all into one area and convince them that all that's all there was? It's the same thing they do us in the small scale that everybody talks about these small borders, but it's impossible to think if you really tear your ego down and ask yourself, why do I believe the things I believe? I guarantee you 90% of the shit you believe is because the television convinced you of it. And if you think about any of the books you used to love, go try to find those books at a library and tell me what version print those old books used to be in. They're all like 1997, 1998. You used to be able to read a book that was like from 1955. You knew the writer. But it's like everything's had these certain version that's been allowed and not allowed. And we never had the ability to talk. We never had the ability to store things. But even look, if they can get convince you to burn all your books, they can delete your history and the click of a button. And that yep. should frighten the fuck out of people. And that should also make it very easy for people to see something that seems outlandish, whether it's mud floods or Tataria or fake space or any of these things that our egos say, you know this, you know this, dinosaurs are real. How do you know dinosaurs are real if they also tell you everything in the museum is plaster? Yeah. <laughs> like we found this ankle bone. This is what it looked like. <laughs> everything that is giant purple ego is telling Thomas. us but my ego which they've also done to me which i feel like is abusive relationship shit they convinced me and taught me everything about christopher columbus about what an american hero he was and then they called me the biggest racist ever if i even brought him up like he savaged this whole th- like a whole different like the opposite history of that with then with while replacing the new statue of what we're going to like worship, they didn't tell me the true story of Christopher Columbus, where he came from, all this shit, all the symbology, who was in America first. They don't tell me any of the story of the Vikings. They don't tell me in the story of like the five of us that were like, Hey, you want to build a boat and get away from our parents and never go back. I don't want to tell them where we're at. Let's never send a message in a bottle. Let's always stay gone. Like, you could have been the original natives. Who fucking knows? The story's broken, and they just want us all to hate each other with these fake wars and fake revolutions. I don't know what parts of the world are on fire. I just know what parts they're trying to convince me of every day. So is my convincing of me thinking, Australia's on fire, Australia's on fire, Australia's on fire. Is Australia now having the worst week ever because half the world just concentrated to the fact that they're going to be on fire? 
like, I think we need to turn off the boxes and start like reconnecting to outside. Take your fucking Nike shoes off your Greek God (laughs) shoes. All your shoes are Greek gods. Take them off your feet. Um, how about instead of spend time with people and take, um, I think this is something Bella said that like we romanticize everything. We Roman, we Roman to size it. Mm -hmm. And that's really, we sexualize everything and it becomes this real dirty thing. And I think somewhere in your brain, you were a fucking nine year old once you were like, that didn't exist. It didn't matter if it was a girl or a boy, you just had things and outside and you built shit and it was fucking cool. And there was not this overlying thing like you and two of your nine year old friends could build a house in the woods in less than a day with whatever you found in the woods. (laughs) where is this now we're so helpless we have to get three people to sign off on whether or not i can add a hose to my house (laughs) i don't know i think that's it's that's not american spirit it's because we are something very different we're something very special and we're brave little beings and we fight for anything uh but we need to stop being brainwashed by the black box yeah disengagement from the media is a, a healthy choice to make i think because all it does is polarize you, and uh, and and make you uh, attack people and look for the. It makes you want to other people. You know, this my is my homework. Wouldn't be a farm. My homework would be the one person in your life. When I say this to you right now, that it like rests heavy on your heart. That fuck. I need to call that person. We totally had a disagreement about something that's so trivial and our whole lives have gone away. We were so close and I love them. I still look at their Facebook page and their Instagram every day. And my ego is standing in the way of what I know is supposed to be the relationship I have, but I'm looking for an apology that I don't remember what the argument was. It could be your family member, your friend, your something like take the weight off your shoulders that's what I would say to do. That's more important than taking the fucking mask off or arguing about it. Like but fix those too. little things. Yeah, but do that too. <laughs> well, I think uh, we're rocking up to an hour now. That's a good positive thing to end on, Cheney, I think. Yeah. You know, we're Thank all you. people and it's all about connecting with people. And, you know, I think that summed it up nicely. That would be a good first step to take. Doing what you guys are doing, you know, like making your own culture and not just to consuming things and watching things, but like talking about what you want to talk about, like bringing this Matheson guy on because you love his stories and what he's, what he's saying. And then you get to hang out with him for an hour and yeah. ask all your questions. Yeah. And it's really cool. You know, I think that's what we need to do is make things, create things, do things. That's great. Hmm. So uh, shall and- we... Go on, Cheney. Sorry, Cheney. Oh, I just, we did a swap cast and I feel like um, we came out hot, but part of it is because we didn't do our normal Friday show, which I also want to just invite you guys to an open forum on Friday nights if you're ever um, burning. I don't know what time it is where you live or oil. Um, <laughs> <laughs> feel free to always come on and um, mm-hmm. it's like an open uh, thing to just talk about whatever's going on right then and sometimes it's late it's hopefully always funny and usually informative so you have an open invitation and i really want to um hear more about your guys' start and everything too sometime so i'd love to hang out again cool thank that you. sounds cool yeah, yeah. Thank, you. thank you right um we'll put the links to everything in the show notes for uh you know if you want to check out idiocalypse and we'll put the links to the youtube channel and your podcasts and and all that stuff so it's great, you know, keep up the good work and it's all about building connections with each other, isn't it? And and trying to, and it's important, like you, you just summed up at the end there, Cheney, about trying to find 
positive to go forward with and and uh, try and try and find positive ways forward for us all. But it's been yeah. cool. It's been cool talking to you. It's been nice to meet you. And we're gonna put everything in the show too. Do you guys have anything you want to say before you leave us for our audience? Check out our website. You know, <laughs> if you like, you know, <laughs> if you want to listen to it, you know, if you've got room, you know, once you've finished listening to Idiocalypse, um, check us out. Just go to the Arms Inquisition at Gmail. Oh, no, that's the website, isn't it? That's the email. What's the website? That's the email. Amishinquisition.com. Yeah, hey. that's, yeah, that's easy to remember, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's been great. Mm-hmm. It's been Thank fun. you guys. You're so that's awesome, fun. and I love your show, and we'll hang out definitely again. Cool. Yeah, let's, love. Yeah. let's do this yeah. again yeah, further down the line. Yeah. Yeah. Black yeah. fingers. Great to meet nice you guys. Meet you. Yeah. <laughs> Take care. Stay safe. Yeah. Good, guys. Bye, guys. <laughs> See you in a bit. Bye. Bye. Build back better. Yeah. <laughs> Fourth Industrial <laughs> Revolution. <laughs> Sign our petition. Fuck Bill Gates. Jonathan, I'm going to meet you on some station very shortly, and then we will reconvene stream on YouTube. Let's do it. Bye. Okay. Nice one. Bye, guys. Yeah. Thank Take you. Care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Yeah. 16 in the clip and one in the hole. <laughs> <laughs> Nate Dog is about to make some bodies turn cold. <laughs> right, we're back. You watch the dwarf, oh, the cripple, yeah. and the mother of madness. <laughs> Sorry, you just, uh, you just shat all over my introduction, Amish Ben. Nice, nice one, Ben. <laughs> Pinnacle mm. podcasting. That was fun. That was great. That was yeah. That was our chat with Jamie yeah. and Jonathan from Idiocalypse. I, can, I, I think I only saw Ben check his emails once, twice maybe during that. It was. I, was checking, I, I was checking the live stream actually. Oh, Matt. cool. Uh, good comments. Oh, is it? That's good. I like the way that um, they do the streaming and sort of try and get some audience engagement going. That's yeah, a, something we've we've flirted with and. Over Facebook, yeah. really, because we've got we don't have any followers on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I think if we uh, if we engage with people, perhaps we could uh, go yeah. to toss a coin. Well, maybe if people would start buying more mugs and how many mugs and um, hoodies have we sold this week? Sort of, you sort of jump in the. Uh... Oh, have you got big? Have you got big news for us? No, you're just doing Is things out of order. <laughs> <laughs> there is a structure at work here, isn't there? You know. Oh, I just, I just felt, I was just vibing. Cheney, Cheney and Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, I'm making my own culture. I'm making a culture. I got. Oh no! Oh god! Radio I've been making culture. a culture for a couple of weeks here. Look. Oh, that's beautiful. What have we got there? Hold it up to the camera a bit. Can't see. It's because Ben's just shouting, just constantly shouting down his microphone and moving things. My microphone is here. Oh, that's disgusting. You've just broke your microphone. Right, you can put it back. Is it fully broken now? No, it's all right. Yeah, so check out the links. We'll put all the links in the description if you want to follow uh, Idiocalypse and uh, Mm -hmm. check out the podcast and the live streams to do. Two live streams a week. Yeah. It was good. I'm sure we'll we'll reconvene further down the line, and assuming we're all still here, yeah. Shoot the shit. All right then, let's do some housekeeping. Housekeeping.
housekeeping. Housekeeping. Become a producer and support the show. How do I become a producer? I hear you cry. Ben. Uh, iTunes review. <laughs> oh. Review us. Oh, that's... That's, that's out of left wing for left field for Ben to start with. <laughs> iTunes reviews. Yeah, what else can you that. do? We got one, didn't we? Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah we did. <laughs> I it's, believe uh, hot, hot off the press. Hot off uh, Apple Podcasts. A lengthy, a lengthy review to, to read. Yeah, curiously well written. And, uh, what are you trying to say about our audience? <laughs> grammatically <laughs> correct as well, and uh, exquisite use of punctuation. I'll give you my best shot. Okay. I'll give you the, the title. The title is Fun, Fast-Moving, and Thought-Provoking! Exclamation mark. Um, add this podcast to your lineup, and you'll soon get to know Amish Phil, Amish Ben, and Amish Matt of Lancashire, England, and their curious inquiry laced with sardonic humour into all manner of ancient mysteries, world history, and the current situation on Earth, right where we live now. Don't miss it. Could have done with a full no. stop somewhere in there, I think. Actually, I take that back. I thought it was impeccable. Yeah, I Excellent. ran out of breath. Who's it from? Uh, Anon 0904201. Right, okay. Thanks for that. You become AKA. A- you become a, a producer for episode yeah. one five nine, a nun. Yeah, we th- we think it's opposite opposite <laughs> one what? one nine. <laughs> there was this bit of a glitch in the matrix there, Matt. Yeah, did you so, see that cat go past twice? Yeah, the woman in the red dress. Uh, yeah. iTunes reviews. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you want to see how the sausage is made. Uh, you know, we, we're going to put this on YouTube, so you know, you might want to watch it. Consumers twice, listen to us on mm. on a podcast version, and then watch the video, mm. and you'll see Phil's uh, beard grow in live time. Oh, yeah, he gets more ginger by the week. You can uh, buy some merch from the Amish loot chest. Link in the description if you want. How many how, how many items have we sold this week? I don't disclose commercially sensitive information. No, none. <laughs> Only to shareholders. <laughs> Only yes, of which there are one. <laughs> <laughs> you can email us at thearmistinquisition at gmail dot com. Stalk us on social media. All the links are in the description. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell your friends. Word yeah. of mouth. You can yeah. send us news clips, videos, memes, death threats, whatever. Yeah. Um, Have we had any death this week? I think. I wonder how much it would cost to hire a PO box. Oh, I don't know. Or, or should we just start giving out Phil's address? I, I don't want to get mm. sent any. Um, <laughs> what's it? Plutonium one nine one. Was it the Russians use? I don't Polonium. Know. Polonium. Polonium. Um, how else can you become a producer? Um, Tosses a fucking coin. Toss a coin to your witcher, <laughs> old Valley of Plenty. I think you're hitting, hitting the point, Phil. That. Toss a coin to uh, your witcher, old Valley of Plenty. Uh, and it really bothers me. Uh, 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 
because I, I believe I, I have an issue in this respect. Yes, I have, I have an issue in this respect. We need some donations. Mm. Yeah. Uh, oh, is your mic working, Matt? Um, oh. is it work? Is it working? Oh, oh, hang on, hang on. Testing, testing, testing. We need to test, 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 test. Oh. Test that motherfucker. Test till you're blue in the face. <laughs> yeah, it's working. <laughs> <laughs> oh god right so shall we thank the producers for episode 159 yeah, yeah why not? not it's a fucking shit list uh anon 09042014 gav scott tamborista 2020 and nomi nosnodge you are so yeah. amazing in your love they are yep yeah so uh thanks <laughs> thanks for helping us this week You're literally the best mate. Literally. <laughs> the best mate. So amazing in their love. I got hairy cunt. I'm literally a poor. I've been coming to terms with the fact that I'm, I'm a Marxist. I'm literally a communist. The dwarf. The cunt. The grape. The homophobe. The, the misogynist. The grandpa cunt. The blind man. The cripple. From hell. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international depression. <laughs> oh, God. Thanks for your support. Tell you what, shit list. Four producers this week. After the mm-hmm. week we had, we had a great week last week. Loads of stuff centers and uh, running dry, to be fair. Just read it again to fill in some uh, fill in some airspace. <laughs> Seriously, we need your help. We need your help to do this every week. Yeah, we only have so much time. It's a crowdsourced podcast. So yes. it is. Go to the dot com. Click on click on the how do I be, become a producer tab and uh, help us out. All right, let's move on. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been altering things on the roadcaster, so it's not all in the right place. COVID nineteen news. What's this? What's this? If you go to the shop, the magic vaccine. A big fat shot in the ass from hell. Oh, you know it's just you know super painful. Like a judgment day in Tamerlane. More More lives this year than any other year. For the past hundred years. Two million people have to die. This is such a crock of shit. This is Sonny Pickering! Who the fuck's that? Yeah, me! Not so much COVID news this week. Obviously. Because of our lack of producers. (laughs) (laughs) um, I caught some shade. I caught some shade last week for my my lockdown two jingle. Sunbathing. We're going lockdown too because of Wuhan flu. Infection rates are higher. We're going lockdown too. We're scared of Kung flu. Boris is friggin' lying. Oh, Joe! You went. Oh, no. You said it's the most unwoke jingle I'd produced so far. Yeah. I want to. You've only produced five jingles. <laughs> Is it something to do with Wuhan flu? 
I don't know, probably, yeah. Just it, came out. Do you think it's um there's a sort of there's a sort of social thing going around where if you describe COVID nineteen as similar to the flu, that's some sort of like heresy, isn't it? I think it's more that uh it's uh you're blaming the, the Chinese in a derogatory fashion for the Wuhan flu. What, like the Spanish flu? It's blamed on yeah, the Spanish. Whatever. Yeah. Well, it's not, is it? It's Ebola. just where it came Ebola from. It's a river. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. I thought it might be because, you know, it's to do well, with well, the flu, the, no. the, the flu term. Because I got this clip from uh, John Ioannidis. Right. He's the world's premier epidemiologist. I could read Premier. out, yeah, it's number one. I could read out his qualifications, but we'd be here for about an hour right. with, the, like, the awards and what he's done. Um, so I thought I'd just uh, pick this out. This is from April, actually, this clip. The infection fatality rate for this new coronavirus is likely to be in the same ballpark as seasonal influenza. Uh, of course, uh, there is still a little bit of uncertainty about the exact number, but uh, it's clearly very different compared to the original thoughts or speculations or preliminary data that suggested a much, much higher infection fatality rate. So just in case you didn't catch that. In the same ballpark as seasonal influenza. In the same ballpark as seasonal influenza. In the same ballpark as seasonal (laughs) influenza. I thought that was interesting. Well, it is, isn't it? It's like... (laughs) (laughs) Isn't 0.015% of die? It's about... Latest figures from Ian Edis is about 0.2. Right, okay. Uh, uh, An average flu is about 0.1. A bad flu is about... That's the infection rate, is it? No, case fatality rate. Oh, okay. A bad flu is closer to 0.2. So like we had in 1718, right. where 20-something thousand people died of influenza. But yeah, I don't know. There was, um, are you familiar with Neil Oliver, archaeologist <laughs> and uh, TV presenter? He, oh, what's he been on? What Coles, like? Scottish, long, oh, dark yes. hair. He's a, he's a COVID uh, denier, isn't he? Is he? COVID denier. A her- yeah. heretic? Yeah. Burn him! Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's the one with the COVID denier! You know where that's come from? Climate change denier. That's where, yeah, you're, getting probably, that. that's yeah. where you're getting that terminology from. Yeah, so <laughs> fucking heretics. Yes. <clears throat> no, he was on um, Talk Radio this week. He's allowed on. <laughs> yeah, or they'll have anyone on there. <laughs> but um he yeah, made it i know it's talk radio like talk sport oh it's called i didn't know there was a radio sorry yeah talk. it's called talk radio julia hartley brewer yes if you want if you want to wank in the morning <laughs> an audio wank. Bad, name, bad name audio wank <laughs> that's it that's an in joke from uh, our whatsapp group from yeah. earlier in the week <laughs> but anyway what a he, terrible terrible thing <laughs> anyway neil oliver uh, made a really interesting analogy slash observation about the covid situation and how people are reacting which i thought oh is this is this history late related 
No, it's oh, right. more okay. sort of theology related. I suppose it's mm. history as well, but I thought it was it bird repeating, so he ha And the whole thing is beginning to take on a bit of a religious feel. If I've been saying all along that, you know, on the odd occasion where I do go into a shop, I keep away from shops, really. But when I do go into a shop, I wear a mask. I've been doing it. And I feel like I almost feel like a, I don't know, it, it feels like a, 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 a cowardly gesture in a sense, but hmm. I'm complying. But although I say at the same time that I don't think masks are actually necessary, that's a heresy. It's not enough to comply with the rules. It's required in a, in a quasi-religious way to say, I believe this works. You know, you have to be standing there and saying that the the tactics that the government are using, you have to declare faith in them. And look what's coming down the line next. I mean, this the vaccine, the fabled vaccine, hmm. that's going to be like the Eucharist. That's going to be like the communion wine. <laughs> In order to demonstrate your faith, you're going to have to join the queue and take the blood of the Saviour, you know, to, you know, if you have hopes of eternal life. But more than anything else, it will be a political statement that you are lockstep with the, the, the true faith, the true religion. You know, in the, in the... I thought that was fascinating, the comparison it draws to religion. Yeah, quite what, what TV shows did he used to be on before his career died? Post. <laughs> yeah, he's he had a bit uh, yeah. of backlash for it, hasn't he? His, his stance. Well, yeah, because you're a heretic, as he said. Mm-hmm. You're the great. You know, you're unclean. You need to check your thinking. He has long hair, though, doesn't he? <laughs> and well, <laughs> uh, you know. What keep it keep it shaved and tight, you know? Otherwise, you're a heretic. <laughs> What did he call him in the States? Um, I can't remember. All oh, right, the good. term for hippies one, that they used to use in the, uh, in the when they were, um, you know, anti Vietnam War guys. I was going to say the other thing as well is the, the whole mask thing and the vaccine. It seems like uh, the panacea for the masses. It's like you're saying, did I, what did I, I can't remember if I said on the podcast last week, you know, the fight club scene mm. and, you know, put your head between your, your knees on the aeroplane um, take deep breaths of the oxygen. Um, and it really, it's just to make you feel safe, isn't it? I think, I think there's an element of that going on personally. I think the vaccine is the carrot. <clears throat> the carrot? The carrot that they're dangling yeah, and I think, is it not, you know, for the stock market as well? You see how the stock market went crazy when they announced that vaccine, didn't it? Everything shot up. Yeah, because they want to, you know, this is being, like you Confidence. said, it's, it's being proposed as this panacea that's going to solve all our problems. Mm. And it's going to be used to justify the rest of the lockdowns. Oh, if we just lock down a little bit longer, this thing's <laughs> going to come and save us. Right, okay, yeah, I suppose. Uh, you know, they haven't released the fucking data yet. And it's going to be weeks. And they've said it was three. Oh. It's going to be about three weeks until they release the data. We've mm. no idea what the mm. efficacy of this is, what, what it's going to say. The biggest problem with vaccines is, is that they're used to produce an immune response. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is that when you're old and fucked, your immune system don't work. 
so you don't generate an immune response to a vaccine. So this vaccine, it might work all right for 20 and 30 and 40 year olds, but it ain't going to work for the people who are going to actually die from it. Is that this that whole the concept of artificial herd immunity? Then that's what I mean. Every, so everyone has to take it. Mm. That's gonna. That's what's gonna come, and mm. it's not gonna be once. <laughs> it's gonna be every year. You're gonna have to get stuck, jabbed every year. Oh, God. Do you not think it just like you know people will calm down soon? Yeah. <sighs> well, on that note, I've got some breaking news. Okay. Uh, Heart off the press. Check this shit out. Didn't know we did that. It is one of the greatest medical scandals of the century, according to a leading health expert in Brussels. The Council of Europe Health's chief has accused major pharmaceutical firms of organizing a campaign of panic and unduly influencing World Health Organization decisions. And with European countries now burdened with bills for millions of unwanted doses of the swine flu vaccine, he wants an investigation. Oops. Sorry, 2009, that was, was it? 2010. Sorry, I don't know how that got in there. I've, I've been duped. I've been duped. That was from the swine flu pandemic. Shit. Sorry. Sorry for that fake news. <laughs> Sounds pretty familiar to me. Yeah, that was all Ben's fault, wasn't it, anyway? That's <sighs> all right. Did you, fuck a, did you fuck a pig? <laughs> he, no, his hands are dirty with yeah. swine flu vaccine, aren't they? Yeah. Filthy. Filthy pharmaceutical apologist <laughs> I uh, I'm, I really fun that's the end of the COVID news by the way okay cool yeah. um, I'm interested in the subject of Tartaria that's uh, yeah I wrote, I wrote that down in a pe- in a, a pen that is indelible yeah and I know very little about it other than it's sort of a Russian Balkan empire that seemed to have been wiped off the historical record why Good question. I don't know. Tartaria. I don't know anything about it, but it'd be good to uh, get someone who's who's heavily researched on this subject to come talk to us. Oh. Yeah, definitely. Is there a, you know, hidden history, alternative history, that's up our street, isn't it? Is, it, is that what we do? I don't know. It's, it's a vector, <laughs> isn't it? It's one of the vectors. What do we do? I was we thinking just, about this today. I thought... It sounded a bit like, um, fuck me, my mind's just gone blank now. Um, Good one, Matt. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I was thinking. Thanks for looking at me. Well, at least I'm not doing emails <laughs> in a podcast again. Need typing. Looking at Tartaria. <laughs> <laughs> not now, we're recording. <laughs> Fuck's sake. I was thinking, well, what, the pur- what, what is the purpose? Or what is the thread? What's the common thread? And I think I have it. For what? For this podcast. Oh, right, okay. <coughs> I think... <coughs> Don't pigeonhole us. <laughs> I think, essentially, we're analysing the human condition and looking at the big, biggest questions that face our species. Who are we? Why are we here? And where are we going? And the thing is, is that we look at these questions through different lenses every week. So I'll take Dave Matheson, who's drawing research from mythology and sacred texts and relating that to the human condition today. 
or say George Van Ralt, who's looking into esotericism and the, what is the meaning of consciousness. I think that's what we're doing. In a nutshell. <laughs> that's a bit heavy for us, isn't it? I don't know. Well, why? Do, what do you think we're doing? I thought we were just... Um, you were just like Googling people you find interesting and then inviting them on. And then we were just... I was just listening to them and going... Hmm. That's quite interesting. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the those two things aren't scenarios aren't mutually exclusive. Maybe for you. I just think that there may be a common thread, that's all. Yeah. Maybe we don't know what the thread is. And maybe we don't need to know what the thread is. I think we're Perseus and we're we're going through the maze with our ball of yarn. We're yeah. trying to locate the Medusa. Chop her fucking head off. Ooh. <laughs> uh, you've romanticised the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I've got a uh, an evening with Carlo Rivelli tomorrow night that I'll tell you all about next week. All right. What, you, what are you that. doing with him? Just going to go for some McDonald's food. Yeah. yeah. McDonald's is open, yeah. I think they do wine. McDonald's is my McDonald's is open, and you can go in. Yeah, yeah, go in and take food out. Yeah, it's the yeah. big chains are fine. It's the small businesses yeah. that are getting <laughs> fucked up the arse. <coughs> you know, screw things, McDonald's. They're all going to be fine at the end of this. It's all That's it's all your small businesses which are the backbone of the economy, which are going to disappear and never come back. It's like Demolition Man. Pound shops. It's like Demolition Man where every restaurant is Taco Bell. <laughs> you know? That's where we're going. But, you know, fuck it. That's pretty so cool. who's, who's Carlo Rovelli, Ben? Explain. He's a physicist, uh, Italian physicist. He, he wrote a couple of good books that I've read um, on time and quantum theory and strangeness. It's it's pop science, so it's, it's readable. Um, but, yeah, really interesting. I... Uh, yeah, I like his books. So there was a, a thing on a online where um, you can buy tickets, and, and it's I think it's a Zoom thing, but it might be another platform. And I'm just going to log in and, and have a listen, like an audience. With there's one with Noam Chomsky next week. Fuck that. And one with um, Yanis Varoufakis. Ugh. I mean, he'd be uh, he'd be entertaining at least. Yeah, well, I, you know it's. These things happen <clears throat> when there's not a lockdown, and this is this is a pro of lockdown because I would never have got been able to go and see this. They happen in London, and the tickets are expensive. Whereas now I can do it remotely, and the tickets are cheap, and I don't have to go to London, mm. which costs a fortune and is awful. Then you know I can I can enjoy that sort of thing from the comfort of my own home, um, and still get the benefits of it. And you don't have to wear pants. I definitely won't be wearing any pants, like now. And hopefully these people, you know, uh, find this profitable and they'll maintain it mm, after. That's your thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, because if they don't make money out of it, it'll just go back to the way it was and you'll have to go to London. I think, it'll, I think it'll go back to the way it was now. I just won't go to these things. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a Q&A? 
I think so. Uh, you know what? You have to ask him. Will you come on the podcast? <laughs> yeah. Bingo. Yeah. Just keep spamming that the 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 Q and A thing. <laughs> yeah. With like Amish Inquisition links in. Yeah. <laughs> no, it'd be good. It'd be interesting. I'll I'll let you know about it. He's probably just plugging his new book. Is there a theme? Whatevs. A theme to the? Is it like a presentation with a theme? No, I think it's, it's general. Be, he will be talking about his new book because it's coming out. But um, yeah, hopefully a bit of the Q and A might be more interesting than the actual the chat, perhaps. I bet it's not as good as Dave Matheson's presentation. No, Dave Matheson's presentation was amazing. That was ace. I've, was, um, I've gone back to to look at that again since on the um, YouTube, yeah, on the YouTube, yeah, and it's it's good. It's a good show. <laughs> I, really, I really enjoyed it twice <laughs> there's a whole wealth of, of stuff out there on YouTube but people watch fucking Netflix and the latest box set on Amazon Prime and the, yeah. these fucking series I've seen her and they've got like 26 episodes in a series I think fuck me there's so much good <laughs> content out there if you're prepared to Go out of your comfort zone and seek it out. Are you going to go out of your comfort zone and watch the full series of The Crown? <laughs> no! <laughs> oh, I'm going to watch one and I never will. It's got Gillian Anderson as uh, Maggie Thatcher in it. Has it? Yeah. Has, she, has she been tweeting? <laughs> Margaret Thatcher. Maggie. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a callback. <laughs> yeah, Ben. It's in the podcast, the podcast reference. Uh, that podcast you do. <laughs> yeah. I've got a couple of uh, sort of miscellaneous bits to get through. Although I'm, I'm quite enjoying our little chat that we don't really have so much anymore. I know, yeah. Um, my wife has said that we should do a, a chat podcast rather than a, a guest podcast occasionally. Yeah. She's another one. So we have two people that complain regularly for it. You can't please like everyone. Half the audience. <laughs> you can't please everyone <laughs> all of the time. I know. You can only please half of the one. people. Would you do a chat one on Saturday? Because, like, the last chat one we did got a bit raucous. I know it was our 150th anniversary. Um, But, yeah, it went a bit nuts from what I remember. Yeah. yeah, but you did drink half a bottle of bourbon, Ben, though, didn't you? Did. <laughs> we could do it. I mean, I think part of the reason we stopped doing it is because we've done a hundred of them and you end up <laughs> talking about the same things over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hmm? We had resolved all of those things, hadn't we, anyway? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Plus, Dan, Dan keeps pestering me to come back on as well. He's desperate oh. to come back on. Why are you not said? Because he's not a proper guest, is he? I've told him. What that. do you mean he's not a proper guest? He's a, he's a millennial. He's qualified. <laughs> he's a millennial. Should well, I let him come back on then? Let's do it and let's can. actually interview him. Oh, right. As a, as a millennial? Yeah. All right, okay. Yeah, we can do that. He'll be made up with that, I think. Yeah. To tell him, to tell him we have to be prepared, though. Prepare for the Inquisition. Yeah, I was. Uh, we were having tea the other night, dinner. If you're in America, we call it tea over here. And uh, my five-year-old was uh, finishing his tea, and he just said, um, 
Do you know what? I know what the biggest question in the world is. <laughs> what? Get him on the podcast. <laughs> I went, okay, what is it? He goes, how did God make himself? He <laughs> <laughs> got you. I went, yeah, you bang on. That is the biggest question. That's probably the biggest question in the world. Mm. Proper, he's f- going to be a philosopher, I think. Oh, he's got, we've got a sinker on our hands, haven't yeah, we? Think, dangerous, yeah, lock him up. <laughs> yeah, yeah watch, this, watch this tablet three hours a day. Get rid of that. Don't think for mm. yourself. Yeah. I like it. I like the way uh, Terence McKenna used to put it. He used to say, um, when he was talking about the Big Bang Theory, uh, he used to say um, about the scientists, give us one free miracle and we'll explain the rest. One free miracle. Yeah. Oh, it's like the heart of the problem, isn't it? Chicken and egg. What comes first, Ben? The... This has egg. been resolved. It has evolutionary, evolutionarily, the egg, or an egg, or the egg is a abstract concept, <laughs> and also a biological thing. When you talk Dinosaurs about dinosaurs laid eggs before chickens, right? Uh, yeah, chickens are dinosaurs. They move. Yeah. They move in herds. Yeah, exactly. They in do flocks. move in herds. <laughs> <laughs> got a t-shirt that's him yeah. yeah he was there for his the scientist, theory his scientists were so preoccupied with whether they could they didn't stop to think if they should <laughs> wisdom yeah hey that's where that's where we're going what dinosaurs human cloning oh right all yeah. sorts of technological <clears throat> leaps that are on the horizon <laughs> and that gene editing designer babies designer babies human cloning it's exciting exciting, but again your scientists were so preoccupied with whether they could they didn't think if they should i'll tell you what it is it's it's egg sighting (laughs) oh yeah oh dear what terrible yoke so um, I've got a couple of bits. There's something oh. weird happened on MSNBC this week. I don't know if you heard this. No. Nope. They changed the colour of the logo. Nope. Kim Delanian has some new reporting on something that we talked about at the top of the hour, how the Trump administration is handling the transition with the incoming Biden team or not handling it, we should say, to a certain extent. This time, it involves our intelligence community. Uh, Ken, what have you learned, sir? Oh, shit. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Fuck! Oh no! <laughs> what? Like when, he was looking when, at his notes. What did he see? What's going on there? I don't know. Some was that? Was that Kim Delaney saying, "Oh shit! Oh fuck! Oh shit! Fuck!" I left his door unlocked. It's almost as if he'd like he'd just seen himself on Hillary's kill list or something. Mm. I don't know. Weird. 
Um, is there anything I've got a, a clip to finish on? Is there anything we want to say before we go? No, just that our guests were fantastic. Yeah, yeah, big ups Thanks. to yeah, um, buy loads of our shit. <laughs> big ups oh, to yeah. Jonathan and Cheney. That was great. Had a good chat. Yeah. I'm sure we'll do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Robinson next week. Who's that? The uh, host of Macroaggressions and the author of The Octopus of Global Control and his new book. Oh, The Octopus. His new book. Mr. Octopus. Controlled Demolition. Dr. Octopus. I love the way he signed off his last email. He said, let's get weird. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I don't want to get weird. Yeah, we're going to have a good laugh. It's going to be fun. Right, okay. It's going to be great. Looking forward to that. How long is the PowerPoint? How long is the octopus of control? How long is the book? Mm-hmm. Eight. Oh, it's thick. I'll just grab my uh, copy here. Oh, well thumbed that as well. It is thumbed, You've read the it? first 20 pages 400 <laughs> times. Um, <laughs> the rear of the book is full of uh, references and resources. Uh, it is 488 pages. Is it tiny writing? Mm, yep. Oh, no. And it's peppered. It's peppered with quotes, interesting quotes. Is this the one where you've been you've been reading and can't believe that they're true, the quotes, that kind of thing? Oh, yeah, the, the, the curious. I thought there was, like, just blatant kind of um, craziness in there. Uh, like, you know, resetting stuff and whatnot. Oh yeah, it's all it's all about <coughs> globalism and uh, the eight arms of the of the octopus, the octopus of global control. Shall I read you the title of each chapter? The eight arms. So number one, military control. Number two, governmental control. Number three, covert control. Physical control. Financial control. Media control, spiritual control, and scientific control. They are the chapters. So that'll be uh, fascinating. Looking forward to that next week. Yeah, that'd be good. It's good. It's good. Will they explain it properly for me? Yeah, for a normie like you. Yeah, for a normie. We'll do it it in baby steps, eh? Yeah, I think so. Uh, We've talked about simulation theory. I think before multiple times on this podcast, haven't we? Over the last three years, yeah, yeah. Uh, some a big a big topic in the early days that, like simulation theory. It was year very one. fashionable a few years ago, wasn't it? Mm. It's this this thing that sometimes events seem so absurd that you can't help but think <laughs> that this is a program that it's scripted. And uh, case in point, I have a clip for you. I'm Dr. Peter Gammons, and it's my great privilege to be nominated by UKIP to be their candidate for Mayor of London. So UKIP have announced their candidate for Mayor of London. So in this upcoming mayor election, please don't subject London to another four years of carnage. Vote for the leader that London needs. Vote for Gammons, and let's build together a better, safer London for all. Vote for Gammons. 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 It's called Peter Gammons. Gammons. Is he... <laughs> That's like life imitating art, imitating life. Well, 
UKIP have announced a candidate for mayor of London. Vote for Gammons. Gammons. Um, I, I thought that the carnage thing was quite good. Carnage. K A K H A N. That's what I mean, yeah. Yeah, don't mess with cold. Carnage, oh, yeah, yeah. What's he called? Don't mess with me. Sadiq Khan! Yeah. I thought Ben said Thomas Khan then. <laughs> Could be. All right. Oh, is that it? He's yeah, playing us out, right? He's not even asking. Uh, we're done. All oh, right, okay. We're Conda forever. Sure. Epstein didn't kill himself. Anything else? Um, Oof, I um, can't have children. He's literally a communist. Give me ten good men. No. So we come back next week. Should we do another one next week? Yeah. Uh, why not? Yeah. Right. One hundred and sixty. Yeah. Yeah. I got Harry. Can't. Because I'm literally a. Ooh. Yes! Yes! Johnny Pickering! Who the fuck's that? Yeah, me! Come here, Goosey Big! Communist! They give him a big fat shot in the ass and... This is such a crock of shit! I really bothers me. He's a homophobe and he's a misogynist. Oh my... Yeah, yeah. Mr. Peter Bone! Like a judgement day and terminating... You're a semi. What on earth? You're a line dog face pony soldier. Execute order 69, dude!